really blew your mind that when you saw this trick, you were like, oh my God, I have to do this or I have to figure out how this person did this trick? Uh, that's a good question, Mark. So I think it was a forecast in a show where the magician had written on a board that was in center stage without anyone touching it, a prediction for someone from the audience that was chosen by accident who named their favorite jelly bean taste. <laughs> and exactly that was kind of funny, but exactly that was written beforehand on this board. And that was really astonishing because no one was there touching the board during this effect. So that mm. was really cool. And did you have um, a desire or a drive to figure out how that was done? Or as a magician, are you sort of like, well, that's a magic trick and I'm going to leave that up to the creator of it. And it's kind of going to spoil the trick if I look too deep or dig too deep in how that was done. Well, I always advise people to enjoy the magic and just take it as it happens without analyzing too much and overthinking everything. And uh, for me, as a magician, it's really tough to get fooled because I'm doing magic since I'm four years old, yeah. so for quite some time. So I know basically all the principles out there. I mean, from time to time, a colleague comes up with something really new, but I really like to be stunned there. So it's amazing to have this feeling what normal people would have when they watch a magic show. So it's like being in the cinema, you, you just enjoy the movie without thinking that there's a green screen and there are 50 people and stuntmen yeah. and everything is just an illusion. So you are in the moment having fun, enjoying yourself. So you don't overthink it, you just kind of... Um... You know, if, if it's a trick that maybe you're unfamiliar with, you just kind of let it unfold and, and appreciate it for what it is. Yes, nicely said. I think we Germans are really famous for overthinking and being very <laughs> critical and analytical. So I do my best to don't fall into this pitfall. Yeah, and I think I have part of that too. I'm, I'm partially German um, by my ancestry, although I, you know, I grew up in the States, but uh yeah, I have that, I think, over over analyzing and analytical part of my thinking, um, which sometimes it, it can be uh, burdensome if you overdo it. <laughs> so uh, true, Mark. <laughs> um, and so you're from Munich, right? Yes, that's true. Munich, Germany. Yeah, my I played in a band and um, I know Munich's a, a big city. There's like a million and a half uh, population. Wow, Perhaps. yeah, you're pretty well informed. That's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, the drummer of my band was from Munich, so it's a big place. I don't expect you, that you would know him, um, but his name was Philip Tier, and he's a great drummer, and uh, he, he you know, worked in the States for a while. I think he's back in Germany now. Um, but what are some famous um, magicians in Germany? Is there like a David Copperfield of Germany? You know, I'm not familiar with the magic scene there. Is there someone like to that level? Are they sort of celebrities like they are in the States to some degree? Yeah, I think it's different over here in uh, Germany because people approach magic differently than in the United States in in the UK area. So we have two brothers here in Germany that are 
quite famous. I personally just don't like their style. So mm. it's really a matter of taste. So I can't stand the shows of them. It's <laughs> it's just not my thing. Right. And uh, I miss the David Copperfield mystery and romance and storytelling what he's always creating. So it's it's really hard to say what would be a good magician over here in Germany. So there is one from the Netherlands that is pretty good. He calls himself the fastest magician in the world. And also a lot of really good people in uh, London. But yeah, Germany, I think it's uh, still missing. And I myself focus more on doing shows abroad because it, it's more interesting and the audience is more open to magic. Interesting. Where are some places that you played abroad? Well, I uh, I did this in uh, New York and San Diego and uh, London and also in Abu Dhabi. So that were some of the bigger shows. And I also did, of course, some in Austria and Switzerland. That is uh, still a German-speaking area. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I bring up David Copperfield. I saw him perform once live in Vegas, um, which was a it was a pretty cool show. Um, but the, what he was so dramatic and like you were saying, the storytelling and the hype. Um, and I watched recently because I was listening to an NPR um, radio broadcast, which is National Public Radio here, and um, they we're talking about how he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. And I don't, for, I forget the year. I want to say late eighties, early nineties, but um, to look back at the clip, it looks very, you know, old and kind of out of date. But uh, at the time it was like a big deal. And um, I'm not sure if you've seen that clip, um, but they had a, um, a helicopter going back and forth to kind of um, have the audience fixate on that. And allegedly the theory is that the stage turned and that's how the statu they made the Statue of Liberty disappear, seemingly, to the audience. And uh, how he workshopped that trick and, like, did it, test runs of it in the desert. And, um, like, you know, had other magicians in the audience to see if it would work and if it was believable because it was live. So if something went wrong, anything could have gone wrong. It's, um, you know, incredible to think about how he pulled that off. Definitely. And you are right, Mark. So this is something that happened in the past. And you're also right. It was in the 80s where he did this. But I think it's really what to appreciate about that is all the concept that went into creating this idea and this illusion. I mean, mm. the illusion was uh, then performed in a few minutes, but he had to come up with this idea, basically something had that no one ever did before. Right. So that was really, he created something out of nothing. What I always say is a typical thing magicians do and where I help people when I work with them on, on mindset and thinking like a magician. And then also, I mean, it's, it's pretty dumb to say I make the Statue of Liberty disappear. So you need the story around it. You have, you have to make it fascinating. And really his approach was that he worked together with some of the best screenwriters from Hollywood at that time to mm. help him come up with this story and make it interesting. And there's really a deeper level to this illusion he performed there because he was attempting 
to remind people how important freedom and liberty really is and mm. how tough it is when it disappears. So there's a whole other layer be below this episode. Oh, that's very uh, interesting. Sorry, this illusion, I mean. So I never really thought of the underlining sort of theme to the trick. So the, the, that below the surface is the sort of thematically freedom disappearing. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, he had in mind to uh, make to create really a strong impact. Besides uh, making the Statue of Liberty disappear, and of course, when you look at it now, it really looks strange in this uh, TV setting yeah. from the '80s. So it wouldn't work today, but. Also, this is a concept from magic that you can apply to business and life as well. It's all about timing. Mm. Yeah, timing and, and sort of um, having the audience fixate on a, on a point, I guess. Um, like the helicopters in that trick, for example. Uh, there was two helicopters just going back and forth and the audience was sort of fixated on that point and not I'm, you know, paying attention to the other things around them. But, um, you know, f honing in on, on that op optical, um, you know, image uh, that was, you know, the bright searchlight, you know, the helicopter going back and forth. And also, uh, allegedly, there were other people that were part of his team planted in the audience. I don't know how true that is, but I guess we could talk about this for <laughs> a long time. Um, That's true, but... It's really like when you look at his effects and this is true for every magic effect that is presented, whether it's close up directly on the table or on the big stage. Yeah. There's always a reason for why things are happening and why they are happening in a specific moment. And when you look at the illusion David Copperfield performed when he made an airplane disappear, mm. he used the whole ground and the whole ground was wet. And this, for example, was also on purpose to get this mirror effect with all the lights to like distract the eye from what is going on. So. As I said, it's really interesting what you can learn from magic, setting mm. everything up on purpose and preparing it 100% to work in that very moment. Oh, man. Yeah. The timing has to be spot on and the, the whole the whole thing has to. There's so many variables of things that can go wrong, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But you have to really be on top of your game. Um, so, uh, Jennifer, you were born uh, Jennifer S. Royal. Uh, which is now what you're going by. Formerly, you, you went by Victoria Mavis for a while, for a long, for a decent amount of time. Yes, I did. Uh, that's true, Mark. And we all know that there's a lot with names. So also David Copperfield changed his original name to have something that sounds cool and uh, magical and attractive. Yeah. And the reason behind the change of my name is different. So I made some really bad experiences with an artist agency in Germany who was working for me and uh, didn't work at all. And they came up with this name of Victoria Mavis because in Arabic, 
Mavis means blonde, and mm. uh, I'm typically German blonde with blue eyes, mm. so uh, meeting all criteria here. And before I went under Magic Victoria, but they said, that's no good name, we have to change that. Then they came up with Victoria Mavis. And because it was their creation, and it was really so much bad luck working with them, I decided for myself that I have to change. And it's really like Madonna, who reinvented herself over and over after time, that it is time to let Victoria Mavis die and come up with something really new, like the phoenix out of the ashes, what is a really strong magical symbol yeah. to create this new beginning with Jennifer as Royal. And Jennifer is actually my real name. And for so many years, I tried to do something different and be someone else on stage. And now it feels really more authentic to be myself. And the original German name also is combined from this three letters JSR. So I changed the other things a little bit to this S Royal, but JSR is my real name. So Royal is, is something that you created though, the Royal part. Yes, that's yeah. true. So yeah. I, I got this idea in an airplane and maybe Mark, you can relate to that. So these ideas hit us when we least expect it. Mm -hmm. So it's not when we are taking in all this information and working on it and sitting down and producing output. It's really in moments where we have time to relax that our mind process, processes all the information and all the input and comes up with this uh, brilliant ideas out of nowhere. So it's exactly how I started my podcast. It was an idea out of nowhere and this is what i think are those magical moments when you don't have to push and force everything it's more that things come to you and things events people find you yeah interesting so it was kind of like a divine message that was sent to you in that moment of relaxation. Yeah, kind of. so I, I thought it's like i always think when you're in an airplane it's it's really you are in this twilight zone because you are weather on point a nor on point b you are somewhere in between and i like to play with my imagination that you could land somewhere and just step out of the plane as a new identity mm. so uh i mean everything is possible and so i think it's yeah it's a, a special world in between so being above the clouds in the airplane and no one can reach you, so there's no connection, at least most of the time. I know they are uh, providing internet now in some planes, but it, it's really, you are just on yourself there when you're flying alone. So this is kind of a, a special time. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting. Uh, my name is Mark Gerlach. My father's name is Mark Gerlach. I don't know my father, um, so it was interesting that I'm named after him. Uh, for a long time, I tried to change my name. So I went by my stepdad's last name. And my friends, my childhood friends, still call me. Because like with guys, the last name sticks. Um, they generally sometimes call their, their friends by their last name instead of their first name. And uh, so some, my childhood friends still call me by my stepdad's last name, which is interesting. But in college, I decided not to change my name legally. And uh, my mom and my stepdad are not together anymore. So I kept my original, my birth name, and um, I toyed with using a pen name because it's sort of like, 
it, it could be um, depressing sometimes <laughs> to be named after a father you didn't you know you didn't know. But I, I've over the last few years I've started to embrace it and uh, just that feels more authentic to me. Um, and not to dwell on this too long, but when I was younger, my grandfather, cause I, I wanted to change my name and my grandfather was always had words of wisdom and his words of wisdom to me was, it's not the name that makes the person, it's the person that makes the name. And I always thought that that was, um, pretty cool thing. But I, at, at sometimes too, I see with having a different name could kind of change your frequency and kind of change your mm-hmm. mindset and put you in a different place. Yeah, absolutely. So names are really powerful. So when you think of different products, they they are more attractive and a lot of thinking and development goes into creating a special name. Definitely. So there's right, it's it's kind of premeditated. It's not just spontaneous. It's there's a reason behind it. There's a meaning behind it. Yeah, and I really uh, like your story. So it's interesting. And I think most people have a name, but never really think about it. And I think it's it's good when you have a kind of different name when you are an artist or actor or something like that, because you're able to step into a role, but best when you can kind of connect it with your real name so that you feel centered and feel connected to yourself. Mm. When you when you have a name that's not um, your birth name, do you feel like you could be more uninhibited because you're almost playing a character in a sense? Well, I think it depends. It's individual, uh, as I said. So sometimes it's good when you have this possibility to step into a role really on purpose and also to leave this role when this is kind of work for you. Because I know from a lot of actors, they have some difficulties in their relationships because their partners think that they bring the character home. And this can be really tough when it's a thriller or drama or whatever because they are kind of still in this energy. I see. So you kind of don't know when to shut it off, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you mentioned previously, but you started doing magic tricks at the age of four? Yes. <laughs> That's such a young age to do anything, I feel like. Um, <laughs> How do you gravitate towards magic? Yeah, I fell in love with it at the age of four. And there was a friend of my father who showed me how to make my thumb disappear. And I got so (laughs) fascinated. And I think I did this for at least 5,000 times for my mom and my dad. And also in the kindergarten, showed it over and over. And that mark was actually everything I could accomplish with my small hands at the age of four. That's a classic trick, the thumb the disappearing thumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. My grandfather used to do that uh, for me as well. And um, I had a magic kit, uh, a little box I got, but I was fascinated too with magic as a kid. And like, it just, it was a simple little box. You can make something disappear. It was like a, through a little trap door. It came with cards that had like little markings on the back. So you could know like which card was which. Um, and it was cool. I, I didn't, I wasn't a, um, I didn't, become an expert by any means i could do some very <laughs> novice sort of tricks but um so and if and mag- at magic professional magicians is a field predominantly is a male field right uh, like would you say the predominant number of magicians are, are men like do you feel that you're sort of a pioneer as a female magician well kind of it's true and 
this is the right observation that there are mostly men in this field and no one knows exactly why that is the case. I'm kind of glad because I like this uh, being a pioneer in this field and bringing also like this female energy and another approach to it because I think magic is something that can be really emotional. So as a woman, I take a different approach. So the disadvantage is just that I have to come up with everything myself because all the tutorial tutorials address man and also there is no big idol i could like orientate on or copy but this has also something good because i'm looking into different fields and study different people when i create my shows and my effects so for example i look at oprah winfrey so when you watch her she just steps out on stage and she has this incredible presence and all this energy and without saying a word you can feel her presence and that's so interesting to me same as anthony robbins so there's so much energy and it's interesting to study all those people or walt disney so having this big visions and really making it a reality so it's it's interesting to tap into all these fields and kind of model parts of these personalities to come with come up with some magic that really hits people in the heart so it's not um just like professional magicians it could be other performers or entertainers or talk show hosts that you um pull inspiration from because of their stage presence and their energy Yes, absolutely true. And I think this opens magic up because it's not like copy and paste of card tricks. There is more to it. And you mentioned that before with the names and it's really that the personality makes the magic interesting. Mm. So because everyone could go into a magic store and buy a a card trick so but this is just that material also a deck of cards it's just a deck of cards but it's the magician who brings life into the cards with telling a story around it and when the magician is fascinating and interesting you are interested in the trick so it depends on the magician and he also could perform when he is an interesting character could perform something that is very boring but you would still be interested because of the interesting personality behind it and i think it's the same nowadays with influencers so when mm. you look at them and these persons are interesting so i know some of them could eat some noodles on video and people would watch because they are interesting so it's a lot about the personality as well as the magic and pulling off, uh, you know, a precise uh, and and amazing trick, but also the the story behind it and the and the person and the personality and the that's all one one package when doing a show. Absolutely, Mark. So you have a lot of moving pieces, and this is why I like to say that magic is kind of a a fusion between art and science because. Sometimes it's really technical to come up with illusions and also doing this sleight of hand and perfecting every move. And then you have this art 
to make it look beautiful, to tell an interesting story, to work on your character, to have really this character development, to create this perfect illusion in the end. And most of the time, the audience has no clue about that for 60 seconds of entertainment, maybe you need like six months to to make it perfect and to bring everything together. So mm. it's also when you buy a match concept, it's about personalizing it. So you can change the props, the props, the colors, whatever, to make it really a personal piece of magic. And I myself love to perform my signature effects so I can be sure what I'm showing the audience has never seen before. Mm. And I I'm sure that there's got to be other professional female magicians in the world, but none to the level of like a Penn and Teller or a David Blaine or, or something like that that I'm aware of. Is there anyone that you that you know of? Not really. There was a lady in uh, Las Vegas, but this is 15 years ago yeah. where I've been there, watched a show, and she was like sponsored by her dad, and uh, oh. she had a lot of big illusions, but it never really worked out. And mm. I think a lot of passion is required when it comes to magic and also a lot of discipline and accepting failures and starting all over again to move it forward. So... Yeah, not yet. So there, there is still air. Yeah. Uh, how do you come up with an illusion? What What is the the process behind developing a trick? Like, I, I'm sure that's kind of like asking where do you get your ideas from, which nobody really knows. But is there a certain inspiration, or you see something, and you're like, oh wow, that'd be a cool, you know, trick to incorporate into my act. Yeah, sometimes it's like that. It's the same with uh, content creation. So I'm basically going through the world with really open eyes to be prepared to be inspired wherever I go. And most of the time I find inspiration in the least expected places. And I always have my notebook with me and uh, taking notes or, or pictures from everything I'm seeing. And then I just collect everything. And from time to time, I go through it. And then it's like a puzzle. So I'm putting all the pieces together. And sometimes I'm out somewhere in the world and just seeing an interesting prop. And then I buy it because I know one day I will do a magic effect with it. Don't know yet what it will be but i have the feeling that i ha have to have this prop and this is one way how it can start it's also a good way to get inspiration from uh, films and tv series because they are interesting story parts and bits and uh, sometimes i just note down uh a phrase that is said by a character and i play with it and a story emerges out of it and at the moment, I'm really working on that because thanks to my podcast, I made a connection to a LA producer and he's very interested in creating with me my own TV show. So oh, wow. uh, that is shot worldwide. So this is my biggest project at the moment. And obviously for this, I have to come up with a lot of content and a lot of magic because we are talking about 13 episodes. Wow. So I'm really diving deep and digging deep at the moment to think of how I can put all of this together. That's very exciting. Um, we look forward to seeing that. 
And Pure Mind Magic is the name of the podcast, right? Yes, Mark, you are so well informed. So you are like a magician because I say always that the magician is the the most smart person in the room. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you. Um, can I? So we're talking about TV. I have to ask you, Carbonaro Effect. Have you seen that show? Is that guy full of crap, or is he? Is that like a trick photography sort of deal? Do they shut the cameras off and start again, or is he the real deal? interesting that you mentioned that so i did not hear of this yet so maybe because of uh germany but i will look that up so okay i saw a lot of things of course all the pen and teller shows yeah, that yeah. are um, on netflix and there were also other magic productions on netflix that i saw and amazon prime has uh, some of them but uh, what you mentioned is uh, actually new to me. Yeah, it's on True TV. It's called the Carbonaro Effect. I believe the guy's name is Michael Carbonaro, and he does these tricks where, like, um, he'll be in like the DMV, like behind the counter, and then someone will come with their license, and he'll like somehow split the license and like peel the two ends apart, and it, in the middle is like a message. Or something like that, where it's like real world situations where he's like working in a grocery store or something like, you know, you'd see in just an everyday life and he makes these miraculous things happen. But a lot of people speculate, I don't know how real, maybe they're just speculating or probably just speculating that, you know, it's kind of trick photography. You could stop the camera, you can manipulate things because you're not seeing it in, in real time. You know, it could be edited. Um, but I'm sure he, you know, had to know what he was doing to get a television show. I was just curious if he, <laughs> if he knew. Um, yeah, so this um, is actually always a problem when it comes to TV that people are thinking, okay, it's all a trick, so it's a camera trick, and th- there are all stooges, and uh, it's all scripted, and nothing is real. So this is really a challenge to escape this impression and to create original magic that feels real so this is my aim of course for the show i'm now doing so i did the same thing to create a video shooting magic for a film festival in munich in venice and everything there was real so real people they had no clue what was about to happen in front of the camera and i really like that because then you get this real emotions and also a strong impact on them but yeah on tv you kind of never know there are so many possibilities and then i think people are more disappointed but on the other hand this is what makes for example close-up magic so strong because when you experience magic life yourself and these illusions are happening in your own hand directly in front of you and you have no clue how that was performed this leaves a really strong impression to you definitely um i was hoping to talk to you about positive thinking, sort of the secret sort of mentality of you manifest your future by what the pictures and the thoughts in your mind. And I, from my research on you, I I believe that that's something that you're, that you're into and that you research and that you believe in. Is that correct to say? 
Yes, you could say it like that. So because I studied like every field of magic, because there are so many, not only card magic and big illusions and comedy magic and kids magic. There's also like mentalism or the magic that has to do with our mind, like telepathy, telekinesis, predicting the future, to name a few. And there's also a way to use hypnosis in uh, magic shows. So I studied this as well and uh, got actually a certificate in uh, hypnosis, what I did in Singapore. And collecting all this information together, when you are a magician and doing it for so long, you reach this point, what I did, where you think to yourself, hmm, what would be the case if all of that would work for real what mm. would i do because it's kind of a superpower so i also studied jk rowling and for those who don't know she's the author of harry potter and jk rowling said that the real superpower we all have is our imagination mm-hmm. because she said that everything that ever happened in her life So getting her book contracts after contacting 144 publishers who all denied her book, then all the film contracts she made, she said that all of that happened in her imagination first, like she was creating the future on purpose. She was designing everything in her mind. And this is What I think, uh, Mark, is real magic because when you're able to focus so much, putting all your energy in what you would like to have and you can create it and pull it really out of nothing. So like a magician, making the invisible visible and attracting the event to you. These are the real magic moments and mm. this is what fascinates me so much because you have of course a magic show and it's great when people come there and they have a good time and they leave after 90 minutes and that's nice but when you're able to teach them how to create real magic for themselves this is where it gets interesting it's so interesting uh this idea and i try to study it and use it in my own life um i just saw a concert i don't know if you're familiar with the hip-hop artist KRS-One, but he does a lot of uh, talking during his shows about the power of positive thinking and sort of Masonic thinking of, you know, you could see your past clearly and just as clearly as you could see your past, you could see your future. Um, if you, and you have to manifest what you want and sort of meditate and mold your future into what you want and you could visualize it just as clearly as you could see the past. Um, I think you had mentioned, uh, think and grow rich, um, was a, which is a book that I've, I've read several times. Um, and, um, just that, 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 um, it takes, it takes, you know, a, a bit of, of work, but you're right. Like a lot of people, you ask them, oh, well, what do you want? And they want to get rich. And then you say, well, how are you going to do it? Well, I don't know. But you, so you have to really kind of focus on what it is that, you know, you're going to do. You have to think and have these positive thoughts, but also put the work in as well, I believe. And um, also, you know, you have to, you know, keep working towards these things and keep holding these positive images in your mind, which which takes a little bit of discipline. Yes, uh, very good points you are bringing up there, Mark. So you're so right. 
concerning that people don't know what they want. So imagine a magic show and a magician uh, saying he makes something appear on stage. So this is no illusion. This could be anything. So he is very serious and very clear about what he wants to make appear on stage. Then you're also right with practicing. So magicians are world famous for practicing all day long. And this is why some of them are considered to be a freak because they spend so much time alone in front of a mirror practicing. And this is true, but it's with everything in life. When you practice, you become better. So everything is tough in the beginning, but you become better every day. And then there's a the thing with focus. And you know, there is this uh, very famous magic wand, what every magician is supposed to have. I think it's really old fashioned and I see only a few magicians still use the magic wand. And mm. of course, there is also what we were talking before, a reason to why and when to use a magic wand. So there's a purpose for that. But think of it, when a magician uses a magic wand, he normally directs into one direction and says some magic words, something he says, I make some coins appear or whatever. Yeah, so again, very specific yeah. and with a strong focus behind it. And the magic words also is abracadabra. Right, so right. everyone heard that before and words are powerful. So we know the magic words. And again, it's the same with repeating. So you can speak things into existence by repeating words over and over. And for your listeners here to know, abracadabra means I create as I speak. Is that right? I never knew that. Mm -hmm. What's the origin of, of that? Where, that's been used forever, right? This, for yes, magic. but only a few people know the real meaning behind it. Yeah. And when you think about it, this is really powerful. So you should be really carefully what you wish for. Definitely. Um, is, it, is it kind of a blessing that wishes don't come true in real time? Is that kind of like the universe's... Um, sort of precautionary measure in the sense that if you had everything you wished and then sometimes you, what you want, um, you know, if you got it, you realize maybe that's not exactly what you want or that would not be beneficial to you in some way. But having that sort of delay is almost a good thing because then you could focus on what you really want. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, Mark. I think this is really like this uh, safety frame. And you mentioned this very strong book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And I think it's the book on earth that created more millionaires and billionaires than any other book. So it's like a magic book in itself. And uh, yeah, you find all the principles in there as well. And I think it is like you would be getting crazy when everything would manifest instantly. And coming back to the book, on the first page, Napoleon Hill says, thoughts are things, very yeah. powerful things. In other words, our thoughts become things. So you should choose wisely what you would like to have and imagine everything you are just thinking and you are thinking about 70,000 to 90,000 thoughts a day, by the way, mm. would appear in front of you. You, you, would, be, you would get crazy. So uh, <laughs> I think it's good to have this delay and this, what I say, safety frame before things actually 
happen. And I mean, in case you would practice this over and over and maybe go into a retreat in the Himalayan mountains or wherever you would get very good at that to manifest instantly. Mm. You had mentioned like telekinesis um, and, and that sort of thing. Do you consider yourself a clairvoyant? Um, can you see the future more so than people that can train their mind? Or is that a learned skill or is that something you're born with or is it a combination? Mm, yeah, I think I'm not a medium and I always tell people that I do magic and use my magic skills for entertainment purpose. And uh, I don't really see the future. I would turn it in another way to say I create the future mm. because uh, I'm really getting good at this. So I do like my exercise every night before I go to sleep. And by the way, this is kind of a magic trick. So when you have a question, you can ask this question, your subconscious mind before you fall asleep at night and you will wake up with the answer. So this is a very powerful time before you fall asleep and you can mm. use it for this. And before I go to sleep, I think of the future, what I would like to have. So I really create it on purpose. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that there are people out there who are really able to see the future. So I'm not one of them and I don't do this. I do this sometimes in my show, but it's an illusion. It's just to entertain people. And I think it's also really tough when you are in this position where you can actually see the future, what is going to happen. So what will you do with this knowledge? That's true. That's true. If you could see the future, I mean, I guess you could work on changing that that outcome, right? Yeah, yeah, you are so right. And uh, I think when you visit someone who is working with tarot cards or something like that, you get to know a potential future, like when you stay on this path. Mm. But I always thought of even the thing that you are going to someone and learning about your future changes the the path of your future and it is said that the the universe changes every second a thousand times so when we look into quantum physics everything is possible so every reality is in the field as a potential reality and you decide where to focus on and what to set your frequency on and this is the reality that will manifest in the end but with every decision you make you change your future mm. that's interesting i use that um tool that exercise that mental exercise that you had mentioned for story ideas because I'm a writer and sometimes I get hung up on a, um, the plot of a story. I want to make it more interesting, less predictable, etc. And, um, you know, if I get hung up on an idea, I'll think about it before I go to sleep. And generally, in the morning, things will make sense. Like my mind was subconsciously mm -hmm. working out that problem. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's working. So it's uh, amazing. And there's this other thing uh, what you can do like to prove to yourself that you can do that creating something out of nothing like a magician just using your mind in a focused way so this is also best done before you fall asleep think of an object 
you would like to manifest just to prove it to yourself and don't pick something that is too obvious and think of it and imagine this object in your mind like the size the color the weight the more details the better mm. and then just let it go and be surprised when you will find this object somewhere. And I'm doing this almost every night just to train myself to manifest all these things out of nothing. And I, I gave you an example. So one night I had the idea to manifest a boomerang. <laughs> and this is not something that you would find here in Germany everywhere. And uh, I thought, mm, maybe a, a too tough challenge for my mind, but let's see. So I visualize this boomerang before I fell asleep. And I, I keep a journal where I put down all this uh, manifestation successes I create. Mm -hmm. So that, that is a really good motivation. And then like two days later, I uh, had to do in TV studios in uh, Munich. And there was a person who left her key laying there. And you won't believe it, but on the key there was a boomerang. <laughs> That's interesting. It's um, it's interesting how they it, that stuff does manifest. Maybe not the way that you initially intended, but uh, manifested nonetheless. Yes, definitely. And uh, the thing is, because I mentioned this with words before, what is a really like strong magic trick is to set a clear intention of what you would like to have and like send it out into the universe. So a clear intention statement. And there's also a warning to that because could be that when you don't stop it, it will go on forever and ever. I also tell you an interesting uh, story. So here in Germany, we do have another uh, brand that is similar to Coca-Cola. So uh, I'm not making any advert advertisement here, so <laughs> I, I don't name the brand now. But okay. it's uh, something that tastes similar and uh, it's in cool bottles. And I really like that. And it's not easy to get it here in Germany. Okay. So, and then I was traveling with two friends to the Magic Con. So a really cool magic convention in Germany that was uh, near Berlin. And cool. we were traveling and one of my friends there always drank with me this other form of uh, Coca-Cola. And uh, it was some time ago. And I said to her while we were traveling in the car that still this weekend, I'm sure I will drink this other version of cola. And we were laughing, of course, and the magic con went on. I had my uh, big stage appearance during the night and also gave a workshop in the morning after. Nice. And after everything, we went out for dinner together. And you won't believe it, but actually in this restaurant we went to, they had this other form of cola there. <laughs> which, is, so which is rare, which is rare there, right? Yeah, it's, it's years ago that I, yeah. I drank this this version. And then, believe it or not, but from that point on, it was like everywhere I went, there was this cola mm. on the menu. So it's crazy. And I thought, okay, you have to Enough. be careful because yeah. when you don't stop it, it will go on forever and ever. I think it's a good thing to do it with money, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're going to keep getting boomerangs uh, everywhere you go. Yeah. So <laughs> you're really paying attention, Mark. I like that. <laughs> Um, have you ever heard of particle entanglement? 
Um, actually, not. It's a, a you mentioned quantum physics, and I get and look anyone who knows more about this, I'm going to sound foolish, but I'm going to try to explain it anyway. It's basically you take two. I want to say, oh well, yeah, there must be particles. Then you separate. I was going to say atoms, but you separate them. That might be the same thing. And one where one is, and where where the other one is, they're they're connected. So if you if one turns, the other turns. It could be on opposite ends of the universe, but they're connected in this way. And I had a physicist on a couple episodes ago, and he was explaining to me that that is true, and this does happen, but it's not a forever connection. It's like a, um, a temporary connection that they're they're connected like this, and they move in the same way. Uh, but it's just interesting, and a lot of people tie that into the sort of the law of attraction, saying that our particles are connected to things elsewhere, possibly universes away. Mm-hmm. Ah, no, I, I know what you mean. I just uh, wasn't familiar with the name, but yeah. So I read about this too, because I'm really a fan of this quantum physics, because I would say that it is the closest thing to real magic, because you can play with time and space mm-hmm. when done right. Um, and energy, when someone has a thought, so that energy that they admit, like that's something that could be charted or graphed, like you could see that on a... It, has there been any research that you know of that people do this where they, they could see the energy, like it's a um, palpable sort of thing? Well, it depends on what you are thinking. So you can see that in brain scans, so which areal of the brain is activated and what is very interesting by the way and there is some studies in the book of uh, Dawson Church mind over matter or no I think it's mind to matter I had him on the show and it is said that when you tell something the person who's listening gets the same areal in the brain activated than yourself. So with brain scans, you can measure a lot, especially when people go into deep meditation and things are happening and when they have these insights. And it's also that you can measure like the energy field of uh, people and there is a difference when something or when someone is thinking a positive thought so the energy field goes further out than compared to when this person is thinking a negative thought the energy field is closer to the body and not going out so far and there are some measurements on that already yes wow that's fascinating and what you're talking about about the brain is that sort of I I just had again the, my previous guest was uh, a doctor who, who studies neurofeedback, which is she puts like um, kind of sensors on your on your head, and then you could see when different parts of the brain activate. And I, I guess there that might be energy readings. I don't know enough about it, but it sounds like it, it possibly could be. Yeah, I think it's it's really close, the fields there you are mentioning. And this is why I think there is so much magic that happens in the brain. And interestingly, there is so much about the brain that is really untapped territory because yeah. no one can exactly explain how it is working and how our emotions work and how they are created in the brain. So it's still magical. And uh, it's interesting because we have all this technology and working with it on a daily basis, but we don't know exactly on how our brain works. 
yet it is the most powerful thing we have. So mm. my mentor always calls it the, the million dollar brain, because <laughs> when you think of all these amazing personalities in our world that are still alive or already dead and what they created, they, they use their brain to create that. That's fascinating. Yeah, the brain, everything starts with a thought. If you want to be a, a doctor, if you want to go back to college, if you want to start a podcast, whatever it is, the first step is having the thought and then everything manifests after that. So true. Yeah. Um, and speaking of podcasting, so how has podcasting changed your life? You have a book called Podcasting Could Change Your Life, Unleash um, Endless Possibilities. We talk a little bit about yes, that also- book and how you wrote it and what was sort of the uh, the seed that that was planted to for you to write that book? You really did your homework, Mark. So, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. So uh, when I started podcasting, I immediately fell in love like the same as with magic so many years ago. And I soon started to see all these magic opportunities behind the magic door of having a podcast or doing podcast interviews. And so I felt this strong calling that I have to write a book on it. And I was invited to be a speaker at Podcast Movement 2018. And this made it even stronger. And so I put together all my knowledge and I was used as a magician to learn everything myself, finding everything my myself and then coming up with a a big concept behind it. And this is exactly what I did. And I just wanted to motivate more people to see all the chances that come with podcasting because it's still so new and there is so much potential and you can connect with the world without leaving your living room. So this is pretty magical. And so this is like a motivational book that gets you really interested in podcasting and shows what podcasting can do for you. Yeah, it is uh, fascinating, you know, and there's so the, the great conversations that I've had on, on my podcast, on my show, I feel like I learn so much and I reveal, uh, I'm a relatively private person. Like I don't do a lot of social media posts or, um, you know, things like that. I'm not a big, um, you know, Facebook or Twitter or whatever. I don't use it that often to tell people about my lives, but I find that on this show, I'm becoming more... Uh, open and revealing more about myself through these conversations and through these um, interesting people that I'm talking to, uh, which is interesting. And it's true. You, you, the things that are discussed on podcasts are things that you're not going to hear on your local news channel or your local, you know, whatever your TV shows that you watch. Like there's a lot of interesting things that are being discussed that you don't really see in mainstream news. Yeah, so true and interesting how you are describing that mark here. And I think this is also a a very strong plus point here that podcasting is also for introverts because it's possible to do it without video, without everything. And you can share whatever you like, but you can invite other people and uh, create conversations with them. And then like in your case, you start to like to share things about yourself because it's your show. You are in total control of everything. And I think one of the the most interesting things about podcasting is that you can get the knowledge, the thoughts, the emotions, the energy, the frequency, everything from the most 
brilliant people alive directly into your head without mm. paying for it. Do you think that they're in the beginning still? Like I know um, some people that are, you know, experiencing success with their podcast now started like, I want to say like a decade ago and no one knew what a podcast was then. Um, and it was really in its nascency. And now they're, they're becoming more, um, you know, ubiquitous and, and people are starting their own podcasts. Uh, they're becoming more frequent. But um, in terms of, of the the true potential of podcasts, I think possibly we're just scratching the surface like i'm not sure how it is in germany here you know uh, a lot of people have iphones and on the iphone there's a podcast app many people uh still are not familiar with that app or not familiar with podcasts um but i, I think it's something that's going to grow in popularity in the coming years Yes, for sure. And brings us back to magic. There's this nice saying that the magic of today is the science of tomorrow. So everything that is magical today is like science tomorrow. And I'm sure that we this is just a tip of the iceberg, what is going on at the moment with podcasting, because it's this new medium. And it's also, there are so many changes going on that the podcast app is built into, I think, 250,000 cars that are coming out now. So oh, people wow. have just have to push one button and are ready to listen to podcasts. And I think it's really, really special because when you can compare that even to audiobooks, so it's really like sometimes monotone when you listen to three hours of an audiobook. But when you listen to a podcast, it's really this lively conversation. And most of the time, the host is asking exactly the questions you are interested in. So mm. this is incredibly strong. Yeah. And uh, we learn a lot. You know, I learn a lot of things mm -hmm. from listening to podcasts, uh, different books, different um, movies, different uh, things about science I never knew and, and biology. And, you know, it's, it's really educational too. Uh, if you, you know, if you, some people just listen for entertainment, some people, you know, want to learn. And the, the, the thing is, there's so many podcasts on so many different subjects. There's like something for everyone. So true. I think at the moment of recording, it's about 600,000 podcasts out there where you can choose from. Wow. And I think one of the biggest advantages from around podcasting is that you can listen anywhere or anytime. So you don't need a screen to watch a video. You can download them and it's very accessible. And you can go to the gym, go out uh, yeah. doing some groceries, uh, shopping, <laughs> whatever, driving somewhere, you can still listen to it. So I do it all the time because I love to get new knowledge about quantum physics, magic, podcasting, uh, energy, manifesting, all those things. And I'm really kind of crazy, but this is this magician magician thing, I guess. So mm -hmm. wherever I go, I always have my earphones plugged in and listen to new knowledge because mm -hmm. the more you learn, the more you see in the world because you can only see what you know. And when you know more, you can see more. Knowledge reigns supreme, um, definitely. And also, could we? Uh, so, hypnosis—you were a, you are a hypnotist. Um, are you hypnotizing us right now? <laughs> well, right, you will uh, never find out. <laughs> everyone, go to jenniferSroyal.com. <laughs> hypnosis. <laughs> um, anyway, so 
I did hypnosis to stop smoking. Uh, it was very powerful for me because I smoked for a long time. I quit the first time I went for, I quit for two years. Um, and I, I eventually went back to it and I, you know, I got on and off with it. But um, hypnosis, not everyone can be hypnotized. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So I have to say, I really studied this for my magic shows to make the shows more interesting because so slowly, uh, solely when I say that I can hypnotize, so people are kind of there of the, uh, at the edge of their seats because yeah. they are kind of afraid and it's exciting at the same moment. So it builds all this suspense. So oh. it's really great for this. And uh, for me, it was really helpful to understand even more how our mind works and about the connection between our conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So that drives the biggest part of our lives because it's about 95% that we do on a daily basis subconsciously and we are not aware of doing that. Mm. And of course, things you're not aware of, you can't change. So it's about how to influence the subconscious mind to make changes and to find things that are blocking you from creating magic in your life. And this is what brought me into hypnosis. And uh, I'm sure, Mark, that it worked for you with uh, uh, stopping to or becoming a non-smoker. Mm -hmm. And there are other areas where hypnosis works pretty well and can help people really well. Um, for with hypnosis, I mean, you, so you have to be knowledgeable of what it is you want to stop. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Yes, you can say it like that. And it's also that the person really has to want it. So when we are talking about smoking, it is definitely possible to do it. So I did it just for fun with a friend of mine and I did just one session with her and she was smoking 25 uh, years without wow. a break. Yeah. And I did one session and since that he stopped smoking forever. So wow. she she never returned back to her cigarettes. And I thought, wow, that, that was like a magical experience I made there. So important is just that the person who would like to do it made the decision for herself or himself. So it's not working when the partner says, hey, I want you to stop smoking. So the decision has to be made by the person, him or herself. So you really have to want it. You, you can't yeah. be dragged into a, a hypnosis True, yeah. session. Um, Jennifer, is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't discuss? I mean, what's what's next for you? What, what do you have coming up? Well, I think we we got uh, pretty everything uh, covered, and uh, I think a lot of interesting uh, topics today. And I I saw Mark, you you really learned a lot from podcasting, so it's possible <laughs> to talk with you about everything, and uh, oh, that's quite impressive. So I would just offer for everyone who's listening who would like to learn more about how they can use the magic principles for their life, like in manifesting, uh, being more focused, getting what you really want, uh, learning more about our brain and how to use the subconscious mind. So I set up a calendar link for that. So for a 15 minute breakthrough session to get an impression on that. And I'm sure you will put that 
in the show notes. So yeah. this is the best way to reach me and find out more if this is your energy, this is your thing, and this is something that could bring you to the next level. That's great. Uh, any shows potentially booked for the States? Do you know when you're going to come, people here can come watch you and listen to you and, and get inspired? Well, this will be on my new website. And as I said, so the biggest project at the moment is this uh, TV series, yeah. series that is a lot of work. And this will be broadcasted mainly in the United States. And as soon as I know new upcoming dates, it will be on my website or on LinkedIn, social media. So you can't miss it when you are looking for it. Awesome. Well, I look forward to checking that out. Um, this was great. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you. And um, is there again, is there anything that you, we didn't touch on that before before we go? Or we hit I think it all? we are good, Mark. Yeah. This was a really nice conversation with you. I, I really enjoyed it. it. was a great pleasure and an honor to be your guest today. Ah, it was great speaking with you, Jennifer. Um, really learned a lot. And um, that's jennifersroyal.com. Check out her podcast, um, Pure Mind Magic, and her book, Podcasting Can Change Your Life, Unleash Endless Possibilities. Awesome. Jennifer, thank you so much. Wonderful talking with you. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye.